everyone, this is uh, Kenneth Boyd, better known as Kenny B, as I've been told by my favorite and my good friend, classmate, Mr. Bruce Craig. What's up, Bruce? How you doing, Kenny B? So, Bruce has a lot of topics we want to cover this evening. This is a new show called And Now You Know. And there's a lot of things that we can talk about, Bruce. We could talk about politics. We could talk about the... Uh, the disease, I guess you, if you want to call it the disease that's happening in the world today, that's actually spreading, even though <clears throat> we're being told that everything's under control. Uh, but what, what do you want to start with and we want to put out to the audience this evening? Okay, well, we can start with uh, the coronavirus. So what do you think about that, Bruce? Uh, the coronavirus, if you look around, uh, it started, my understanding is uh, it started in China, I believe that's what they say, and then it spread it. And it seems to be spreading, although uh, the last news conference stated that everything seems to be under control. But then you listen to another news story. Doctors are saying, well, we, we don't have all the, uh, the cure. We can't do tests. It's like, once again, we're getting different information from different people. And each each uh, politics, the Democrats blame the Republicans, the Republicans blame the Democrats. I don't really think it's time to blame. I think it's time for action. Absolutely. It's always time for action. The thing, um, Kenny B., that, um, that uh, comes to mind is regardless of how much medical advances we've made in the last 50 years, it just amazes me sometimes that some of these diseases that uh, rear its head uh, seem to confound uh, our smartest and brightest uh, people in the uh, medical industry. You know, just not not too long ago, even here in Dallas, you know, we had the Ebola virus uh, situation that took place, and some people lost their lives, and it was like nobody knew how to deal with it, where it came from, how it came from, and it was deadly, as you can remember. And now, a few years later, here we go with the coronavirus. Okay? It just amazes me that uh, we, uh, in the Western world, Western civilization, come up against some of these situations that we have no remedy for. It's scary, especially, especially when it comes to our elderly. You know, the elderly already go through some uh, horrible situations toward the end of life. You know, the health is uh, failing. And now we have seem to have concocted a new uh, situation for them uh, that could uh, just derail or, you know, end their life prematurely. So you bring up an interesting point that once again, we have a new virus. Uh, there's, it seems like we weren't prepared and, and it doesn't seem like we're really doing anything to be prepared. Now, again, I'm not a doctor, so maybe things are going on that we don't know about. But it seems like uh, when I left the house today, I heard that it had spread. There's a, there was a, a, a case in Dallas now. There's a case in Longview, Texas. Oh, my. Uh, so it seems like it just keeps going and going. And it doesn't seem like a cure or there's an answer. Maybe even an answer outside of wash your hands, which I got to be honest with you, that baffles my mind uh, because let me just be honest with you, Bruce, uh, as a as a male. Uh, when I go to the restroom, uh, I do wash my hands. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I wash my hands before I do anything, and then I wash my hands after. You know how many people I see do whatever they got to do, and hey, see you later. And I'm like, uh, I didn't hear no water run. <laughs> uh, this to me is a cause of a lot of problems that, that people don't practice that, and and I don't understand how they well can leave the restroom and then just go either eat, or either go. Touch someone. I saw someone one day uh, just leave the restroom, and then he went out and gave somebody a massage. And I'm looking like, oh yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Oh my what goodness! Kind of yeah, I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, if you only do. <laughs> hey, that's a lot Yeah, but, but I, I don't understand it. So, in, in that regard, you have to practice defensive hygiene. Dh, defensive hygiene. So, in other words, if uh, these other people, you know, you cannot uh, be certain that anybody else is practicing the hygiene. Uh, so you have to make sure that you practice yours. And uh, I think it's real smart for them to tell us to keep our hands off of our face and keep our hands out of our noses and things of that nature because uh, that's how these viruses can uh, get inside of our bodies. But uh, the source of them, where they come from, I do not know. And preparation, I don't know. It's kind of hard to prepare for something that you have never seen before, and um, which is which is the coronavirus. Uh, don't know. You know, it's um, is it coincidental that we've had this this ongoing um, you know cold war with. China, if you will, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, right after that, then the coronavirus starts. You know, I'm not saying that that's uh, it's just a coincidence, you know, that uh, that's where it's starting. But, you know, the interesting part about that is that they say that they they have found a way to uh, to eradicate it or it's not on the rise over there anymore, even though it started there. So so once again, is it something where. Maybe they have a cure, but it hasn't reached here for some reason. Well, they're still saying there is no cure for it. They, they, you know, and a vaccine is a, a little over a year away is what the news media tells us. Uh, but uh, we, we're just, um, we're pawns sometimes in this situation. And uh, we are at the mercy of our, uh, of our government. We're at the mercy of the medical personnel. We're at the mercy of their medical expertise. And their medical expertise only tells us how to prevent. Has no cure. So my question then is, what, what do we do as individuals? Uh, this, well, I know you got to be careful. But, you know, some people, I think, are, are locking themselves up. They don't want to go, go out. And I get not being around people because you don't know who has what and you don't know, like I just stated, who may be cleaning their hands or whatever. But I don't think the answer is to lock yourself up and not go anyplace. Can it be I went to a hospital today, part of my job, and right there at the front door at the hospital, they had two young ladies screening everybody that came in. And they had various questions such as, uh, have you traveled outside the country? Uh, Do you have a fever? Do you have a cough? And all these things that they're asking you um, before you could go in. And then once you answer the questions, they would put a little sticker on and 
that means that you uh, have at least been screened. Anybody? Yeah, I got a little sticker on me that said I'd at least been screened. And I saw all, everybody else that was in the hospital, um, you know, in the lobby. It's, uh, it's one of those situations where uh, we're scared, you know, and we may should be. Um, I think this is spring break here in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, anyway, and all across the country. And uh, it's a good time for it to be spring break because there are some schools and some colleges that, uh, that are looking that would prefer to do their classrooms online now. It's gotten that bad. Yes. When disaster strikes, you've got to be willing uh, to do whatever uh, the higher-ups say. And um, I, don't know, I don't know where this is leading, Kenny. You know, we're in the middle of it. We're, we're not quite at the middle. We're at the very beginning. And we don't have any answers yet, and uh, everybody just wants to be safe. But it seems like that the that the people that are really vulnerable are the elderly, are those with other underlying conditions. The so-called healthy people are uh, okay, but you don't don't want to do it. You don't want to contract it because it could affect your lungs, your breathing, and and you know things that uh, you do not want to happen uh, inside your body. And so we don't know where this would totally lead to. So, you know, all I can do at this point is say, hey, God is in your hands. Well, isn't it interesting, and and you bring up God is in your hand, but this reminds me if you, those of us who read the Bibles or those of us who are uh, scholars, diseases, that was then, now it's, War, rumors of war, that was then, now. All of it's still the same. Uh, it seems like everything is still the same, just a different name for all we know. So I, I guess what I'm getting at, if, if you read, this was kind of there. <laughs> you yeah, know? We've, always had, we've always had diseases, you know, that, you know, leprosy, for instance, you know, there was no cure for it. Uh, and uh, it was a devastating disease. As a matter of fact, it was so devastating that anybody that contracted it had to go to uh a separate count uh, because uh, it was so devastating. But uh, in a way, aren't they doing that now? Because, I mean, my understanding is, uh, like the people on the ship, you're confined either quarantine. to that ship. Yeah, quarantine on yes. that ship. Or if they get you off the ship, then they put you on a bus, and then you go someplace else, and then you can't do anything. So aren't you quarantined now? Indeed, you're quarantined. And there are some people that they call self-quarantine. Uh, people that have tra- uh, travel outside of the country and come back over, they have to so-called self-quarantine themselves. And those people that are on the cruise ship uh, just recently, I don't know if they've been able to dock yet or not. So my question is, and, and I know you're not medical, and, and maybe somebody later can answer these questions for us. So uh, someone's on the ship or someone's in this city has this, I don't, what's going to keep me from getting it, even though I don't want into this person? I guess that could be the same situation for any other uh, disease for which there is no cure. Um, if you contract it, then, you know, there's nothing much that can be done except to get treated. Uh, hopefully you don't pass it on to anybody that's more vulnerable than you. But there's always been disease uh, and pestilence uh, in you know on earth, and I believe as as the Lord has gotten us through through centuries that He'll get us through this one. So, Bruce, and, and I know none of us can predict uh, the, the stock market is affected by this. 
the uh, airlines, the hotels, uh, the cruises, everything. everything. So now we're talking about, no matter how you want to look at it, we're talking about a bailout. <laughs> and again, I don't want to get into politics, but uh, when President Obama assisted the car industry, which mm-hmm. was a bailout, yeah. well, all hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference here? Well, you know, when whatever he did, when he did, because the country had uh, the country was being destroyed by the Republicans that were in the White House at that time uh, during that uh, administration. And uh, when he came in, he saved the day, so to speak, and did whatever was necessary. It's kind of like when Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, came to the White House. Um, You know, the country was in a uh, had been in a, a massive depression at the time. And he had to do some drastic, uh, unheard of, unprecedented things to bring uh, the country, to bring Americans uh, out of uh, poverty uh, to help. And that's and, and in, in drastic uh, situations like that, that's what the government is for, to step in and bail out, if you will. It's not unprecedented. We uh, bailed out Chrysler. So when am I going to get bailed out? <laughs> well, that bailout usually doesn't trickle down that far. I mean, I got, you know, I, now, got I got I got credit I got creditors good. right now going. Uh, uh, Kenny B, uh, you know, uh, you you need to pay this bill, and I'm looking around, and when, when am I going to get a bailout? Well, that's a good segue into you know the current political situation on the uh, on the Democrat side. You know, we have Bernie Sanders who, you know, calls himself basically a democratic socialist, you know, versus uh, Biden, more of a conservative moderate type of Democrat. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, according to Bernie, uh, we already live in a socialist society. Uh, The situation is that we have uh, socialism for the the wealthy. Uh, The wealthy are the ones who benefit from governmental tax breaks and things like that which is in, in his uh, point of view is nothing but socialism for the wealthy. For the wealthy. Now, uh, they're constantly bailed out, but there's always a problem uh, when the bailout has to do with the average middle class or poor working poor here in America. The bailout becomes something uh, that has a stigma associated with it. But according to Bernie, we've always been living that way. So are you trying to tell me that even though I may be making minimum wage, that I can't expect any kind of assistance or bailout? Nothing much you can do about it, can it be? But hey, hope and pray (laughs) uh, that it doesn't get to the situation where you need a governmental bailout because the government hasn't been great in bailing out the uh, the working poor, uh, except back during the Great Depression, where they bailed out a lot of people. But uh, when it came to when it comes to bailing out uh, African Americans and and uh, the working poor or the just the abject poor, the government has a problem with doing that. So it, is it? And I noticed you said the working poor, but uh, why do you think the government has a problem with that? Well, the government is of the people, by the people, and for the people. And uh, let's just say the government um, is that entity that 
um, depending upon who is in charge and who is uh, in the majority, is based upon those people's prejudices and the feelings that they have about people who don't uh, match them or people who don't look like them. Uh, if the people that, uh, that uh, don't look like them and they're the ones that are struggling, then there's a stigma associated with it. So, Bruce, it sounds like you're, what you're saying is, uh, speaking a little bit about the election, that, that we, me, let's just say me, I, I can't expect that much of a bailout, no matter what happens. Well, you can. Well, let, let's just say this. Now, I did, I did hear uh, the occupant of the White House, uh, President uh, Trump, indicate the other day that uh, they were considering um, uh, decreasing the taxes. Oh, gee, we saw how that worked the first time, didn't we? <laughs> he was talking about decreasing some taxes for some people who may uh, have uh, been affected by coronavirus uh, so that their take-home pay uh, would be substantial. And, he, of course, he said that the tax break would be substantial. This is nothing that's, that's done uh, now, but it's certainly talked about uh, regarding the president. And, of course, he said that uh, no people should have to suffer you know, financially being impacted by this coronavirus. So if you're talking about a bailout, then uh, he's offering one. Okay, so you and I both know, just me being skeptical, uh, anytime the government offer help, assistance, bailout, whatever you want to call it, there's going to be something in the back that's going to say, got you. And so maybe we don't see it now. Uh, correct me, that, that tax cut, uh, that I got that big Christmas gift that I got was a Christmas gift because I, I ended up owing the government and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure they love that Christmas gift. So it, it, it's kind of hard for me to believe that uh, maybe on the front end it's going to be great. But on that back end, boy, that's, that's kind of scary. Well, that's what uh, politicians have always said, that uh, whatever bailout or whatever consideration that the government gives you, somebody's got to pay for it. And in many instances, maybe you pay for it in your lifetime, uh, but also, you know, your children may end up having to pay for it and your posterity. But it has to be paid for some kind of way. So then it's really not a bailout. <laughs> well, presently, if you're drowning and, 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 and a man pulls you out of the water and uh, keeps you from drowning, then uh, that's, a, that's a bailout. Now, if you get back in the water and you can't swim again, uh, then, you know, that's pretty much on you. So let's keep talking a little bit. I said each, each politician, uh, they're out still campaigning. Some of them are canceling their campaign because of uh, the virus and some of them are still just going on. Uh, what I'm wondering is if the politicians are canceling, have you noticed that the people are still going to these campaigns and these rallies and everything? Wouldn't, and again, I'm not saying they should not go, but it just makes me wonder. They got to be concerned about being affected. Well, uh, people are going to go out. You know, not everybody's going to panic uh, because we're in panic mode mm -hmm. right now. And uh, sometimes we have to uh, keep our heads about us and in practice, as we talked about in the beginning, the uh, defensive hygiene, 
you know, because you just can't stay at home. Uh, they are, uh, you know, and, and it's important to keep our kids and also to keep our elderly safe and protected as, and, and defended against as much as possible. But, you know, we just, uh, just cannot just shut down America uh, because of uh, this virus, and of course, unless of course the virus itself shuts us down and gets so severe. But with you, uh, the 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 rallies that you're talking about, and I'm assuming that you're mentioning Biden and uh, Bernie Sanders's uh, rallies. I, I, I think that um, you know people are going to still come out. The main thing is the South by Southwest that's going on down there in uh, you know they got canceled. Yes. Yeah. That's that that's a very big deal because think of the hotels. Oh, a lot of money lost. Airline, a lot of money lost. Uh, people have already planned their vacation mm-hmm. around that. Uh, all the contract workers uh, that had work for however many weeks, all that's gone now. Mm-hmm. So, one, you have to commend the people for whatever reason for saying it may be too dangerous to have this. So we're going to counsel. You can imagine that man or that woman that day coming in, looking at people saying, "We're not gonna have it." Not gonna have it. Yeah, uh, that that in itself is is bravery on their part, uh, and then the fact that all the businesses that are normally involved in that, and even all the artists. You remember Prince even came down one year for that. So you think about all the artists who maybe can come down. I grant you, let's be honest, it's not really going to affect them probably that much because mm-hmm. they can get on their jet or the whatever and fly on out and do whatever they got to do but again back to the contract workers and everybody else who now has lost that income or now has to hustle for that income oh yes you know that that's the sad part about it Uh, the 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 city is going to be impacted uh, heavily and some of those people who were depending upon uh that income during that period of time you know uh, they're gonna have to find another way because uh some things happen disasters happen and this uh, falls in that category. So it still makes you wonder. No one saw this coming, obviously. No, we're blindsided. And, and, it's, blindsided. and it still makes you wonder then what, what kind of, and I know you can't predict solution, but it's kind of like how much longer, how long, what's next, where next? What do we do? And I get the people not necessarily panicking because, I mean, what, you, if you panic, it still doesn't solve anything. But I understand because it's, it's scary. It's an unknown. Uh, it's kind of like one of those movies you see, unknown, unseen, and now you got it. Right. And so what's next? What's next is uh, defensive hygiene. That's, uh, that, that's the only thing that we can do at this time. There's no vaccine for it. There's no... And even the mask, a lot of people, you know, masks have been sold out, and those masks do very little to protect you from the coronavirus. The only thing that we can do is keep our hands washed and uh, keep our fingers off of our faces, is my understanding. Uh, Bruce, and you, you're probably around a lot of people uh, with, your, with your, your career and everything that I'm sure you have to emphasize it, like you said today that you were you know, that you were at the hospital and everything that was going on. But I'm sure there's a lot of people you're around constantly that may be asking you, well, hey, what do we do or what's coming up next? And, and all you can do is repeat the same thing. But it's kind of ironic to me that you got to tell people to wash their hands. 
Yeah, I feel. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, the, the good part about this is that those people that you uh, have seen uh, who dismiss that as, as part of their uh, uh, process when leaving the bathroom, maybe this will remind them to do it because hand washing is so uh, significant and important. Uh, maybe that will change their behaviors. That's, we can only hope and wish. Uh, and so if you have something you want us to know, you can email us at programs at idproduction.com. Programs at idproduction.com. So even if you would like to be on the program with us and give us your point of view, and we, we're open to all of that. So uh, just let us know, hit us up, and, and we'll go from there. We're, we're, at the, we're at the beginning of this situation, so we just have to let it play out. And it, it just so happens that it's playing out here at a very key time mm -hmm. here, uh, you know, in the springtime when so many things are going on, so many things are happening, so many things are going to be canceled. And it, it, it's interesting that it's taking place also during our uh, Democratic primaries here, during the election cycle, which brings up a, a point that I want to bring up. You know, uh, after last uh, Super Tuesday, all of these people that... Uh, that, that bowed out of the race have now, most of them have backed uh, Joe Biden. What do you think? You know, Joe Biden's uh, campaign was all but over um, until last Tuesday. What do you think uh, precipitated that? And why is everybody backing Joe Biden now over Bernie Sanders? Well, I was watching this show <laughs> the other night. We were doing a, a, a joke. And they said that maybe these people were being held hostage and the only way they could back him and, and get out or either get in and get away from the virus was to say that they would come back Joe. But <laughs> but that that is kind of my point to all of this is everyone who's dropped out talked about each other person. If I am running against them, I'm going to play those tapes backwards and forward yeah. and say, how are you backing this person when just a couple of weeks ago you said that da 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 da? And I don't think they were thinking about that when they said this. And you are correct. How all of a sudden uh, are you backing this person when just right before Super Tuesday you you thought he was a slime or no good? Didn't know what he was talking about. Well, actually, I think I think it's okay if we can mend fences. You know, uh, the Democratic side. Because the Republicans mend fences all the time. I mean, uh, Trump dog, uh, Cruz, he dogged. Uh, that was out of love. Bush. That was out of love. Come and, on now. You know, and I'm, he, ta he said he talked ugly about that. He, he went deep. He went, he went below that the was just two. There were just two boys <laughs> in, in the gym talking about each other. Man, <laughs> he went below the belt. And now. You know, you remember, when we, used to, remember when we used to play the dozen? Yeah. yeah, I think that's what they were doing. They were playing, yeah, the, yeah, except, yeah. Except, except at that level, and that kind of money, and they called the dust. <laughs> it's called, dirty, a, it's dirty, called dirty, a 24-pack. You know what? I think that the, the Democrats, now that the primaries are coming to a close and we got two guys, that they should mend any and all fences and whatever uh, and, and, and back the eventual winner because I think that the last uh, three and a half years, one of the reasons is because the Democrats uh, had this big gaping problem uh, at the convention. And the big gaping problem was between Hillary and Bernie. It seems that Bernie's people 
uh, was so angry with the shenanigans, uh, possibly, of, uh, that took place uh, with uh, that's what that's, that's one of the Democrats calling you yeah, right somebody, now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I believe that a lot of Bernie's people stayed at home and did not vote. And that, that's just me talking. But I, I know the situation was so harsh between Bernie and Hillary that a lot of their uh, a lot of Bernie's Bernie supporters stayed home. And there, as a result of that, we had this individual in the White House last three and a half years. I think that if they would have mended their fences toward the end and possibly even uh, Hillary offered the vice presidential uh, situation, he may not have taken it, but it's not unprecedented. Uh, Kennedy uh, was running against Johnson in the primaries in 1960. But what happened? Kennedy, Johnson became Kennedy's uh, vice president. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Bush and Reagan. Uh, Bush and Reagan were running against each other in the primaries. Mm -hmm. Bush became Reagan's vice president. I think that it could have been that type of situation as well uh, with the Democrats. Uh, and we probably would not have had, because Bernie and Bernie had such a strong camp. He had such a strong campaign. And so did Hillary. I think if they would have mended their fences, we wouldn't have had the last three and a half years that we had. So I don't know what's getting ready to happen. But uh, unless, of course, they mend their fences with Biden uh, and Bernie, that we may have the same situation that takes place and we have another disastrous four years. It doesn't matter that he's in the White House, but his legacy lives on with all of his judicial appointments, and especially on the Supreme Court. And I think that people need to realize that, that the Democrats need to come together. Well, some people would argue with you now, Bruce. Uh, and a lot of people stand on 2016 about the uh, people coming out not voting. Uh, I happen to be looking at this information. Uh, this comes from... Uh, uh, fact tank, uh, a record 137.5 million Americans voted in the 2016 presidential election. Uh -huh. And that was according to uh, some new data that the U.S. Census Bureau happened to have. Uh -huh. uh, that was 61.4% uh, in 2016. Now, now, grant you, in 2012, it was 63, which that's just a little down. But, but the thing is, uh, and again, we, we, we won't jump around a lot of that, but we'll talk about the Electoral College a little bit on a different show, because that's a whole different topic. But uh, the popular vote, Hillary won. Hillary won. She didn't win the Electoral College. I was always taught in school that if one plus one equal two and one plus zero equal one, then the one person who had the one plus one equal two would win but not according to 2016 vote. So, yes, I do agree with you that, that some people did say that they, they were going to sit out, and some people did sit out. But I think where the argument falls in prey is it may not have been a record number of voters that came out, but voters came out. The Electoral College decided that their vote wasn't as, I won't say important, but didn't fit into the scheme of things according to the Electoral College. Well, Electoral College comes into play during the general election. It's not uh, part of the primary situation here. 
Now, true, uh, Hillary did win the popular vote, uh, but the way the Electoral College is set up, uh, key votes, key votes that took place in key states uh, ruined it uh, for her, despite the fact of having um, the majority of the vote. But if she would have had a greater majority in some of those key states, then she would have won. She would have won the Electoral College. I'm saying those people that stayed home should not have stayed home because those people that stayed home uh, did more than make a statement toward Hillary. They made a statement to the rest of the country, and they allowed the last three and a half years. Okay, I, I will accept that. And, and again, like I said, a lot of people will say uh, people did turn out to vote, mm-hmm. but there w- was a concern of uh, Bernie didn't win. Bernie was done wrong. I'm not gonna vote. Uh, Hillary's there. We don't like Hillary. Uh, I'm not gonna vote. Mm-hmm. And thus, that did, in my opinion and yours, lead to where we are now. But I also think that was a strong, a strong turnout, uh, which also led to that. It, but again, it does go back to maybe not enough people decided not to go out and vote. Uh, uh, the bottom line is one, uh, according to facts, like what I just read. Uh, part of that is true, but again, what do they say about history? We'll never know. History, <laughs> history is history now, but we have a chance to either change the course of history mm-hmm. or continue. And that's the bottom line coming up in the election. Uh, some some people will say everything is great. I want to continue. Other uh, people will say, yeah, yeah I, I, I ain't seen no more money. I ain't seen no nothing in my pocket. We need a change. And it has to start at what you say that not necessarily with the presidential election, but with all the mayors and representatives and all that. And the question is, I'll be curious, and I haven't looked at the facts, how many people turned out Super Tuesday to at least to do the general election to get to that point. And more importantly, even though you turned out then, you still got to go ahead and continue and turn out again and get the people that you voted for at Super Tuesday to get them further. So all that plays into this. Uh, I just think right now it's a critical time, mm-hmm. no matter who you vote for. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm whoever you vote is a critical time. We have a chance, and I say we have a chance to decide where this country will go for the next four years, and that along with everything else is scary. Absolutely, it is indeed scary uh, with what's going on now. Now uh, it seemed like. Uh, the uh, current president, if, if the situation continued the way it was before the coronavirus, then he possibly would have been, you know, reelected. And he still may be reelected uh, because this coronavirus is wrecking havoc upon the thing that he was holding up as, as, as that he was championing. And that is the economy. Uh, he, the, the economy had improved, and of course, of course, as far as I'm concerned, the economy, he, he just wrote on Barack Obama's, what Barack Obama started. Uh, but, you know, he's been in the White House, and so he will champion, he will say that the economy is, is, is about me, about him. Of course, I don't agree. But it would be hard to uh, change the president after one term if the uh, if the economy remains the same. That's why we have to have a very strong Democratic candidate. 
Some people don't believe Biden is a strong candidate. And of course, uh, a lot of people don't believe that uh, Bernie with his social, you know, his socialist, you know, embracement um, is, uh, is a strong candidate either. So, Bruce, you bring up very interesting points, uh, very, very great topics. And again, like I say, and, and now you know. Uh, And we're going to cover a lot. Uh, We're going to cover a lot. Uh, We just want to put a thought in your mind. We want you to come back to listen to us uh, because we're going to do a lot more shows. We're interested in what you have to say. So please email us with your thoughts so we can get it on there. And again, if you'd like to be on the show, uh, just email and we'll we'll definitely get you on the show. Uh, We're we're excited about this. We're excited about the different things that we can cover. Bruce, I'm going to give you... The closing thought. The closing thought, uh, Kenny B. Thank you very much. This is a this is an interesting time uh, for us, Kenny B. Here, the spring of uh, 2020, uh, with the coronavirus being right here at the uh, in our house, uh, so to speak, here in America, uh, and it's uh, a problem all over the world. Um, we got the election going on. And uh, it, 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 will, it will make a great difference uh, the next four years on who we elect uh, to be our leader. Uh, all I can say is that we need to keep the dialogue open. Uh, we need to talk more about things that are significant and important. And we need to make sure that we are very open in our dialogue. Can it be? And we look forward to seeing you, hearing you. And please give us a listen and spread the word about word. And now you know. See you later. Bye-bye.